Hey, welcome back to this week's episode of Indie Brothers. This is Jason. I'm Rhett. This is your once a week lunchtime podcast. Yep. So, we're talking about Prison Architect? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're kind of leading into that. We we're talking about criminals in general. Yeah. <laughs> criminals need to be criminalized. But so, yeah. So, since Prison Architect just released the, uh, I guess, full game? Yeah. Version 1.0. So it's like not in alpha beta anymore, it's like full? Yeah. Cool. So uh, so I started playing it again, uh, especially because my daughter likes watching me play that one. So, uh, this is weird. <laughs> it is kind of weird, especially because I was going through these tutorials again. But to be fair, I remember watching you play games like Theme Hospital, and that was always a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I think those games are kind of fun to watch in a weird way. Yeah. Because it's not like, I don't know. I don't know, it's just weird. And, you know, things happen. It's not like it's just... It is kind of weird. Yeah, you're, like, watching... I mean, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be as fun to watch, like, Civ. Like, you know... Right, because it's all kind of behind the... Yeah. Like, it's all... Yeah. Like, people aren't moving around. Yeah, stuff. but I can imagine watching games like... SimCity. Well, maybe Sim not SimCity. Because you're just kind of, like, watching traffic. SimCity would be okay to watch, like... Uh oh! Here comes a tornado, and then half your city like burns down. Like that'd yeah. be fun to watch because it's like, <laughs> sucker. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna say like, sim theme parks, uh, theme hospital, zoo tycoon, zoo tycoon, kind of things where there's like things happening. Especially theme hospital was fun just because I don't know crazy shit happened all the time in that. It was, it was fun of like, the things they came in with too. Oh, we've got an inflated head. Yeah, I had to pop it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so... I don't know, and it's... Yeah, things so, happen. So. so Yeah, so Prison Architect. So, you played the... You played a little bit, you said. Yeah, not as extensively as you or... And anyone. so the tutorial that you went through kind of had, like, the guy on death row. Yeah. So they still have that, and you kind of go through that one to begin with. So that was kind of awkward explaining to my seven-year-old about the death sentence and all that stuff, because she was asking. And, uh... Hmm? Good time to yeah, bring it up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... They still have that one. And then after that, you have some new tutorials now where you are in charge of this prison that has like a mob in like a mob uh, population. Yeah. And so this, uh, you start off and the the like cafeteria is on fire. You're like, oh crap! And so you like get all these firemen and you're like, so you're kind of practicing using like the emergency services, the paramedics and the firemen to put out stuff and heal people. So you put out this huge fire. And then at the end, it like does a cutscene where this guy comes out and his prisoner is like burned. And he's like, "Oh crap, that's that's this mob boss." So you go through some stuff and you like find out that is it kind of like done intentionally to try to kill him and that kind of stuff. And they're going through the story between these two siblings, and they uh, end up like turning on each other, and they're in the hospital. And so you're kind of going through fixing up this damaged building and like building a new one, clearing the wreckage and, and uh, what was that? Nothing. Okay. Just making sure it's still on, which it is. Um, so yeah, so you go through that and then you um, have, which is kind of, some of this was kind of hard with, with uh, Claire there watching me because I didn't want to, uh, I was like, she wanted me to read the dialogue and, like I had to skip a lot because these guys were cussing, <laughs> um, and I skipped like some of the cutscenes, like in that one where the guy's on death row. You know, he's there because he caught his like wife, wife cheating. Feet, so I like yeah. skipped that cutscene and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, she's like asking what their what their uh, 
crimes are. You know, she's like, oh, what's that guy in for? And I'm like, oh, arson. She's like, oh, what's that? And then tell her what arson is. And then it's like one guy's in there for, <laughs> for like falsifying accounting records or something. And she's like, what does that mean? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> Well, she grows up to be like a criminologist. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a, what were we, there was like someone that was in there, or maybe it was one of the scenes, I can't remember, but it just like made me think about our prison system and the, re- oh yeah, yeah. So this one guy was in, and the cut scenes were like, the cops were like treating him really bad, and he was like in hold up, um, or he was like in the solitary and whatnot, and they're like, "Oh, you know, he's in there for a long time, like for for uh, burglary and yeah, and attempted murder, maybe I don't know, maybe not, yeah." That. But uh, but he had like robbed a bank at gunpoint, you know, or like a armored car. So they show the cutscene of the guy. Yeah. So he's with someone, and he's kind of the lackey. He's kind of like being forced along, you know. This his other friend is like, "Let's go, we can do this." And he's got guns, and they rob this armored car, take all this money, and then the cops show up, and they're like. Well, let's shoot him and the one guy's got a shotgun and he ends up killing a cop and the other guy's sitting there with an Uzi and doesn't do anything and uh, and then they both get arrested and later his friend um, leads like this um, leads like kind of an uprising and captures some people mm-hmm. uh, like the warden I think captures the warden and some other people and holds them hostage and anyway he, he ends up uh, getting killed but this other guy's still like in solitary and they're like, Oh, what's wrong with him? Like, and he's just a mess. Like, so I step into this prison and it's like in shambles, like there's rats, there's all this stuff in this little tutorial scene. <coughs> and it's like the, the guards and the security chief and whatnot, they're all like treating this guy like really harshly and like, like scum. Yeah. And so it kind of goes into his backstory how he didn't really have a huge role in that. And he had like an infant and a wife and he hasn't had any visitation. He's never like seen his kid. And he's just like, he's in this, you know, solitary confinement. Yeah. And so it's like, let's see if we can, you know, try to reform, you know, the prisoners and do this. So that's what it's kind of tasking me to do. So I like build up this visitation center and all this other stuff. And then I like show some other cutscene with the wife and the baby come into like visit and the guards and like right as she gets there and like sees him, uh, they're like, oh, sorry, ma'am. Actually, his visitation rights just got revoked uh, because we sit, we found alcohol on him or something. And it was, like, completely, like, bogus. I think yeah. they just, like, have, like, a hate against him. Yeah. And so the baby goes crying away, and she goes thing, and then he's, like, so he has, like, a breakdown in there and starts smashing stuff, and then he gets thrown back in lockup. And uh, it's just kind of a, kind of an inch. It was, like, a heavy... A heavy message from from the designers of prison architect really about our about our current state. Our prison prisons. system is pretty screwed up. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason that I think the number one most hated job, like person in a job in the nation, is security guard, followed by police officer, followed by security guard. I mean, you know <laughs> what I mean. So, um, followed by oil refinery guys in North Dakota. <laughs> Probably not. I would put bankers probably before that even. <laughs> I just saw a thing about them on last week tonight on Jolin Oliver. Oh. Um, Where one guy dies like every six weeks and they work like 20 hour shifts. Yeah. Or no. One guy said his longest shift was 60 hours. I believe that. That's what happens when you 
moved to the Dakotas to work on oil stuff. Like, obviously, you're not going to have a glamorous job. Yeah, we shouldn't be dying. Like, one guy, like, burned because they didn't, weren't wearing any fiery retardant stuff. And the company gets fined, like, 220000 And they don't care. And the government, like, settles for twenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, security in prison. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I've I've always thought the prison system's like just messed up. It, you think about it, and it's like America has the most uh, prisoners per capita than any other nation in the world, and now like we have we have for profit prisons, and we outsource our prison stuff to like China now. Like there's a there's like American for profit like privately owned prisons in China where we like send prisoners now. It's like what? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, our country's so backwards. Yeah. And a lot of people have always thought... I mean, it, it. it's why I am the way I am, where I would rather see, like, certain things, like, decriminalized and all that stuff. Uh, without getting too political about it. I mean, it just seems... It's very obviously, like, harsher punishments for crimes, like, haven't well, done much. Like Obama has, like, let up on the drug things. Like, he released, like... Well, I don't remember the number, but he just released, like, a whole bunch of prisoners um for the for like the kind of petty drug crimes yeah there's certain people that need to be in jail for sure violent offenders um <clears throat> uh I, you know and i think like certain drug related people should be put in jail i think that a long time ago we should have started putting bankers in jail but you know, these people who do these huge multi-million dollar crimes that get fined and then maybe like a year in prison, they should just be put in prison for a long time. And we need to, I think, quit, uh, although we have gone that way, like, uh, you know, uh, piracy crimes and stuff like that. You know, it's like some of the people who who were busted during the Napster days yeah, are still in jail. They're still in prison. And now Game of Thrones is the number one most pirated thing in the entire world. And how many people saw prison for that? Yeah. Well, I think the difference is, like, the people prosecuting, like, I think that's one of those crimes that people, like, like HBO or, you know, whoever has to be like, oh, prosecute those people for stealing it. Whereas they're kind of just like, we don't care. So I think a lot of, like, music artists got mad about their music getting pirated, so they're the ones pressing it. It's not the artists. It's the, uh... Well, yeah, the record companies. It's the record companies. Yeah. The art, most artists don't care. Yeah. Radiohead has often told its fans to go out and steal their albums. At concerts, they say, we got CDs in the back, but don't buy them. <laughs> go to Pirate Bay or go to whatever. <laughs> you know, that's... I mean, that's their shtick. And, <clears throat> and uh, I see a lot of bands who... You know, if they're out on the road, yeah, buy a CD from them because then that money gets put in their gas tank. It gets put into their stomachs as food. Uh, you know what I mean? Buy a t-shirt because that's the same thing. But as far as like going to a store and all that stuff, like most artists yeah, see most such a money. small yeah, portion of the record company. Matter of fact, it's funny. I've been reading a lot about how to make money as a musician or in a music related field. Um, I've like bought a few texts and just books and like been reading up on that sort of stuff because it really interests me like the doing the whole doing hair like really opened my eyes like the musical uh, really opened my eyes to uh, the possibilities out there for that sort of thing now the number one mistake that every single band especially me has made in this is that assuming that the only way to make it in the music world is to just write the best uh, originals and to have your band make it big um, I think there's definitely something to be said 
about doing that. Like, not that Monster Attic really lost a lot of money, but we were able to like go on the road and break even, which is not very common for rock bands or anything like that, you know, uh, especially at our level. Um, but, uh, but, you know, this guy broke it down mathematically, like just doing the flat, the, the numbers. And he showed like the amount that you make with a record deal, the amount you can make just like gigging and like playing covers and stuff. Like he, he compared, uh-huh. he compared the, um, finances of an all original band, like an all original garage rock band versus a cover band. And they were both three pieces and all this stuff. And it basically took like 10 pieces? years. Like three? Three pieces. They were trios. Okay. Um, oh, that's what I meant. Like three instruments. Yeah. Like, you know, Nirvana or Chevelle, I think, is a three piece. Or uh, I don't know. Why can I all of a sudden not think of any more three piece? Rush. <laughs> there we go. Um, you know, just bass, guitar, and drums. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it took like 10 years for the original band to pay off. You know, and they get their record deal at like six years, but they have to pay for it all out of pocket before they start like doing any of that stuff. And hmm. which tends to be the case for for bands. You have to pay generally like ten thousand dollars out of your pocket to cover recording costs. And the idea is that you recoup that you know, in record sales and playing shows on the road. But that takes forever. So it took like ten years for this band to to pay off their initial investments. Jeez. Whereas the cover band started paying off their initial investments of equipment and that sort of thing, like within the first year. Jeez. So, um, and it's just, uh, we always look at musicians who are like super rich and all this stuff. Like I I think about Jay-Z a lot, but Jay-Z makes money off of other things. Branding. um, He he owns his own studio now, so he makes like 100% off of his music. Uh, but it's a lot of branding and like diversifying your income. It's not just money based off of your single. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like these people aren't living in mansions because they sold a million ninety nine cent songs on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They get famous, and then once you're famous, you can make money. You make money you based of off of your fame. Stupid Kardashians. Yeah. Perfect example. Um. How did we get onto that? Um. Oh, piracy. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, piracy. Prison laws. Right, yeah. But anyway, that, without getting political about it. So back it, to the game. It's been pretty fun, though. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we added a bunch of stuff. I mean, I don't know what segment you played at, but, like, I've kind of played through phases, and it was like, when I first started, there was, like, so little to the game. It was like, okay, feed your prisoners, let them do some of this, let them do this. And then they added, like, uh, kind of jobs for them. It was like, I hate to interrupt you, but this was a picture on Reddit. Uh, a guy said he found this was his desktop for like years and years and years, and he found it where it was. Oh, it's Crazy. a it's a desktop background of like a sunken dock in this like green lake looking thing, and there's a boat. It looks like a little ferry boat called Little Chief, and on the other side of the lake, there's like huge mountain sprawling upwards. Yeah, I, I can't remember where exactly it was, but he was like, I was just on vacation or wherever oh. he was. And he was like, and I found my desktop. And he took a picture, <laughs> like, showing it. That's hilarious. Yeah, and he did a side-by-side comparison of the desktop picture to uh, to his picture. It was actually kind of awesome. 
That's a beetle in a haystack type stuff. Yeah, he just, I mean, and it was completely by surprise. You know, it wasn't like he set out to find it or anything. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So they added, like, jobs. And it's like, okay, cool, I got jobs now. Mm-hmm. They can do stuff. Uh, train your prisoners to do stuff. You can start making money off that. That's cool. Cool. Then they added, like, uh, you know, patrol dogs and, like, armored guards. And, like, they just kept adding stuff. And I was like, this is cool, this is cool. So I haven't figured out what all is new about this one, but... Uh, pretty exciting. You can read the notes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Very cool. I'll have to give it another go. I've been meaning to play it, but uh, just haven't been. Yeah, it's not too hard to pick up. I mean, the tutorials are pretty light because they gave you a prison already. You know. Yeah. So like, you know, I'm on the final scratch. tutorial right now. Where that one, you do start from scratch. Like, okay. Like, it's basically the start of the game. Like, you have no buildings. And, like, everything got burned down, I guess. And they're like, okay, build up a new prison. you got inmates coming tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you can... If they start they start off. So you, like, build up until you're ready. So you just, like, build a holding cell, build a canteen, build an office. You know, just kind of the basic stuff. Get some prisoners in there. Yeah. <clears throat> But some of the, some of the like report, like some of the things you can do are, seem pretty neat. Like uh, you could set up all these different classes for them to go to, control like you know the, the regime, of the of the day, and uh, and like search of prisoners. You find all sorts of stuff on them. You're like, where are you getting all this shit? And then like, and then you can investigate and see where stuff is coming through. So it's like, oh. We're getting, you know, all these phones and, and drugs smuggled in through the visitation center. Okay, we gotta maybe crack down somewhere there, add more security, put like a or search people going in there, put a metal detector there or something. And um, or oh, people are throwing stuff over the fence. Let's you know do something about that. So you could do maybe like a double perimeter fence or something, so people can't throw uh, contraband over the fence. You know, but you can like track where things came into your prison and. Hmm. <clears throat> that's, that's kind cool. Of, that's kind of a neat aspect. And uh, oh, they added parole. That's something I haven't messed around with at all yet. But I did see that you can make a probation, uh, like room, I guess, and like get people going on parole. Yeah, you can have like a parole board and stuff like that. Oh, so I haven't messed with that. Kind of cool, yet, I guess. So that's a new addition. So that'll be interesting because <clears throat> you get you get like extra income, you know, for the your population. But I think you also get extra income for not having any incidents or deaths. And, yeah. And um, I think there's something to do with re-educating and sending people back out and releasing them and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's the other problem with prisons in real life is that almost 100% of the time that you have an offender who goes to prison for a certain amount of time, they will offend again and go back to a prison. In America, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's like Sweden. They have like such a huge like reform program uh, for their prisoners. The Nordic countries are very, very, very progressive. They are among the most progressive countries in the world. Between their schooling and the... Between the way they school and the way they do uh, healthcare and... <clears throat> I know people here are just like, oh, I don't want to have to do all that. My taxes will go up. I'm not paying for that. People are just so dumb, like... 
Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't get too political, though. <laughs> People are so dumb. They <laughs> suck. Squirrel them all, I say. But anyways. Um, wanted to do... Uh, I uh, saw the movie Black Mass. Have you seen... I haven't heard of it. Johnny Depp. No. Well, then, never mind. I was going to talk about that a little bit, but... Oh. Or first episode Because we were talking about... Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't watch it. Was it good? Oh, you didn't? I haven't seen it yet, no. Um, there are, like, so yeah, many shows I'm, like, fine. trying to watch. Like, ugh, You watch like, Quantico yet? No. Oh, that's good. Not there yet. <laughs> Walk, I mean, with, between Walking Dead and Blacklist, and then mm. I'm trying to finish House of Cards. Mm. And um, then, of course, I need to watch Arrow really bad. Oh, and then, of course, I'm doing Doctor Who and, and all of that. So it's... I need to watch Quantico. I need to... There's a lot, a bunch of shows I need to jump back onto. <sighs> but yeah, the reason I brought up Black Mass is because we were talking about like mobs and stuff, you know, in prison. And hmm. not that Black Mass has anything to do with prison, but it is sort of a mobster type movie, and really wasn't that good, unfortunately. Huh. Um, it looked great, but that's about it. On a side note, there's a movie I absolutely must see that I saw a trailer for. It uh, comes out in January, and it's called The Revenant. And it has Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, and you need to watch the trailer. Hmm. Uh, it looks awesome, dude. It's like a, looks like a, it's a Western of sorts. Uh, it, um, it looks like it takes place in the north somewhere, like cold, or in the mountains. Like There's snow in like every scene, I should, I'm saying. Uh, and they play like these trappers or like these mountain men, and in the trailer, like looks like Tom Hardy kills like Leonardo DiCaprio's son and then leaves him for dead, and then Leonardo DiCaprio's character like follows him. But the trailer just looks amazing. Like everything about it, I was like, I have to see this. And two of my favorite actors, Tom Hardy for sure, and Leo DiCaprio. You know, it's not going to top Leo's other western. I mean, come on, Django. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Which one are you talking about? That cheesy one with, uh, with, uh, damn it. What, what, who's in it? Um, it's got a lot of people. Um, <laughs> okay, hold on, I'll IMDB this while we talk about something else here. But The Revenant looks fantastic, dude. And I guess it's based on a true story. Hmm. I'll have to check it out. Did you see they're doing the next, like, that Maze Runner movie? Yeah. That's pretty good, so. Uh, let's see. I think it was like the Quick and the Dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. With yeah, 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 yeah. Sharon Stone or whatever. I was gonna say that Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe. Crow, yeah. yeah, that movie's kind of lame. I know it's cheesy. It's cheesy, <clears throat> but it's fun. Um. Yeah. No, The Revenant is not like a desert western. It takes place in the Dakotas, I think. Oh, oh, okay. But it's, you know, they're like wearing, they got all their furs on. They're like mountain men, dude. They're in the snow the whole time. <laughs> I thought it was at first I was like a Lewis and Clark thing because like they, they get into this like huge battle with Native Americans and they all like rush back to their boat that's like <clears throat> on the river. I don't know. It looked like something else. Talked about Lewis and Clark in class the other day. It was kind of just like a weird overview of their expedition yeah and like what they had budgeted for 
like requested money wise for the expedition. It was like they wanted something like I don't know fifteen thousand dollars or something for the whole thing. It ended up costing like two hundred thousand. They're talking about like all the yeah, those supplies. guys are pretty. Those guys are badasses if you think about it. Oh, like yeah. all the stuff they did. And what's crazy though is you think because it's a completely documented trip. Yeah. Every day is documented by these guys. But if you think about it, like some of the things that have occurred, like if their journals are to believe to be believed, that was the rainiest year on record for Oregon ever. They said it rained every day except for two days that they wintered there. Which is believable because well, you're we, like, that's no, Oregon. Yeah, but we've got... we've No, they, that's the rainiest year on record. <clears throat> How many days would it be? I don't know how I don't know how long they were there. I thought the record was like eighty-eight days, or something. Ah, uh, that might be their record. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, but but to this day, it's still the rainiest day or the rainiest year that they've ever had on record. Mm. And then just like like the the hail that they measured, I think was like the biggest hailstones like ever measured, like <laughs> like in the Midwest. Jeez. Well, that's crazy. Apparently, what they measured as far as like their distance uh, was pretty accurate to today's. Like they were, I don't know, within like miles of being of being accurate. So they had pretty good tools. Or just badass. They were just badass. I think, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I don't know. I I was reading. Uh, I had a book that I just donated away, but it was about their their expedition and I was like these guys are more manly than like anybody I've ever met like to this day you gotta be yeah dude for sure um but what else was I gonna say about Lewis and Clark or something else oh when I was in fifth grade we which was when we learned about Lewis and Clark we did a Lewis and Clark role-playing game for one of our classes yeah where we uh, or no I guess it wasn't Lewis and Clark role-playing game excuse me it was Oregon Trail role-playing game oh and so it was like we had to make choices and like random things afflicted us and we had to like Yeah. Mo- I did that in we high school to, too. Did you have to like also do like a supply list and like Yeah, we had to like we had to do inventory and we had to manage yeah. our resources. Yeah, I, we did I, that too. It was cool. I was in fifth grade though. Yeah, fifth grade. I was the only one who made it <laughs> oh, in my really? entire class. <laughs> I was the only one who made it from wow. like Missouri or St. Louis or wherever and oh, that's not surprising. Looking at your school. What was that mean? I don't know. Ask Bailey. <laughs> it's Mount Angel Rat. <laughs> Congratulations. Funniest <laughs> person in Mount Angel. That doesn't mean anything. Hey, whatever. My class was pretty bright. Could mean a lot of things. A lot of people just made the wrong choice, like right at the very end. Like they had to make a choice of like which route to take to get to the West Coast. Fording the river or going down on your own? Yeah, like one of them could either cross the mountains or they could like go around the mountains. And I went around the mountains and when they crossed it, they all died. Uh, yeah. Haven't you heard about the freaking cannibals? <laughs> yeah, the Donner. Uh, Donners, yeah. Whoa, whoa. What? I saw some chocolate in there. You did? Yeah. It's weird. Why would there be chocolate in there? Aren't you going to be generous and hospitable? Hospitable? Uh, I'll be hospitable. <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Much better choice. Yeah. <laughs> How much does this stuff cost? Uh, this bag's five bucks. Oh, jeez. For a pound. 
You think that's a good like, uh, deal? It's not that great. I could go to Costco and they have this big tub of uh, sour skew. I, I was going to say I should leave you some money and and uh, get some for myself. Um, the pretzels I think are pretty are pretty worth it. I think it's. I was like oh, four fifty for this bag of pretzels. Yeah, and they last me a while, and like, it's just like I can't find pretzels. And they're good. Flavored like that anymore. So. I think um, to this day, the best gummy bears I've ever had are the Truck Stop brand. There's like a brand of like Truck Stop mm-hmm. snacks. You get like the five pound bag of gummy bears for like eight bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And they're the best tasting gummy bears. I used to only eat Haribo. Black Forest were okay, but uh, these are the best. But gummy bears or sour gummy bears? Either. They make both. The Mountain Man makes it pretty good. I've gotten their gummy bears before, and they're just like so squishy. These these sour gummies are pretty good. These here? No. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the company name. It's like Snacks Express or something dumb. But it's like the truck stop brand. Yeah. So good. <clears throat> I love sour gummies. So I uh, making some good headway on my magic deck. Oh yeah. So there's um, you know, there's a website MTG Salvation, and it's pretty much like a hub for tons of like deck posting. Oh yeah, that's right. So um, like the deck I play, fairies, has like a main thread. Curse. Yeah, powered by curse, um, and uh, <clears throat> uh, so the modern deck I play has like, like kind of every deck has its own page, you know, that someone will eventually start, mm-hmm. and they'll call it like a primer thread. So someone did this; they started it. Um, I think in two thousand fourteen they created it, so it's up to five thousand replies. So it just keeps going. It's at two hundred sixty one pages. Yeah, um, I think I've got. I've got over 100 replies on that post. And uh, so it's just like a bunch of people, you know, through from wherever, yeah. all kind of coming together, talking about the ideas. Yeah. So we hash out ideas like all the time about like what the deck needs and we all run it a little bit differently. Yeah. <clears throat> so I have uh, one of the kind of, so like the, the deck has core features to it. And some of those, co- and those core features are like counter magic. Uh, removal, um, discard, and then like your set of fairies. And that's kind of the base of your deck. <clears throat> well, I took out all the discard. I was like, I, I, I find I take it out a lot in my matches, and it sets me behind. And I, it was kind of like a, <clears throat> a heavy topic because a lot of people are just like, no, you need it. Like it sets you up. You get to see their hand. You get to take their best card. Yeah. It sets up your other plays. And I'm like, yeah, it does all that. If you can do it on turn one, it is pretty good. Like, arguably, turn one, if you can thought seize or whatever, take their best card on turn one, that's a good play. Past turn one, it does get worse and worse and worse. You draw it later as your only card, and it sucks. But even at turn one, it sets you back, as I was explaining. Like, if we're trying to maintain the actual board control and keep tempo, like, like there's different versions. You could play a, an aggro, a tempo, or a control kind of version of fairies but you know I, I try to do like more of a tempo which is kind of a, it's be, it's better uh, better quality 
So I was like, don't do the discard. Like, if you do a turn one discard and you grab, like, their thing, on their turn, they're still putting something out onto the battlefield. And now you're tapped out on your turn one and you can't do anything about it. So then on your next turn, you can either try to answer that threat or prepare for their next one or get yourself something. Like, like you're kind of behind now. And you're kind of going to be behind until you can two-for-one them. So I said, instead of doing that, it's better if you have a turn one counter, a turn one response. Like if they drop a creature on turn one, kill it. And now at the end of their turn, you know, so now they've spent a mana, you've spent a mana, you killed their thing. And now on your turn, you've got an empty board. You can, you know, throw down your bitter blossom or you can just say, okay, I'm ready for your next, you know, thing and just keep reacting to them until you're ready to finally go on the aggressive side. And so I was kind of throwing that out there kind of under some heat because a lot of people are like, no, that shouldn't work too well. Like, this is definitely what you need. But I've been trying it the last two weeks, and um, I made it into the top four both times. Hmm. And let's see. I only lost two rounds, and it was against the same deck type, which was like our worst matchup. But even then, I came back and beat him later, and all these players were like, man, how did you... How did I beat you earlier? This guy was saying to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know how I how I was able to beat you earlier. And this other guy that's really good, he's like, yeah, you were wondering how I lost to fairies? Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> he was just like, you have an answer for like everything. You're curving out perfectly. And I was like, I think they're taking out the discard. It was like a huge thing. And now somebody else is on there also saying kind of a, a similar thing. Like, he's running a similar list to me. Yeah. And he's <laughs> having good results. So I think pretty excited to try it again. Uh, nice. This Friday. Been exciting. There hasn't been new cards. Like, we'll talk about new cards coming out. I was like, oh, nothing here for us again. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, I gotta make a new deck for Friday, though, because the game day's coming up, so I gotta use, I gotta play standard. So I'm looking at all the new cards that just came out, trying to figure that out. Nice. Because this Eldrazi are back, dude. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw some of the, the spoiler posts, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who was posting them, but maybe on Reddit or something. Or <clears throat> you. Or someone. Yeah, it could be Facebook. I, I post on Facebook a lot. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. Yeah, <clears throat> I like uh, I liked all that stuff. Yeah, the bras are cool. I pulled a couple of those, like 10 drops. When you cast this, obliterate your opponent. Pretty much. Yeah. When you cast this, you win. It's kind of playing the, the game on Steam the, the last couple days, the magic game on it. It's not terrible. Yeah, like Duel, Duel of the Planeswalker. <clears throat> yeah, it seems like the newest one is pretty good. I've heard well, there is, about it. Well, there's uh, another one that did just come out, but I haven't, I'm not playing that one. That one's like a free-to-play, like weird, I don't know, I haven't heard Oh, of yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I didn't look at that one, but I'm playing the, <coughs> playing the one from before. You just gotta play Planes of Shandara or whatever. <laughs> Chandelier? Yeah. Chandelier. That is actually like one of the planes. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, they actually gave you customization. It's just kind of, kind of weird the way you you can't have. So like you unlock the cards by like winning the matches and stuff against the computer, <clears throat> but you can only have like one copy of a mythic. You only have two copies of a rare. You only have three copies of the uncommons, and then you can have four copies of all the commons. Weird. And of course, not the full sets are available. So it's like still not complete. I mean, I guess they don't want to make it completely. You know, if they otherwise they would just like not have magic online subscriptions if yeah or not subscriptions but 
Like, yeah, they wouldn't make money on it. Come on, yeah. If they like had a yeah, basically yeah, a free yeah. port. I still think the best magic game besides playing Dude, Battle? It, dude, yeah. yeah. Magic Battlegrounds Battle is like, shit. Yeah. Like Chandelier. They should just remake it. That game was so good. I, I was thinking of playing that again the other day. It was so good. Yeah. Just like running around, getting your mana, attacking, using spells. I think it's like literally one of the best like renditions of even any game. Like just the way that they ported it and they changed it and it's like it's very balanced still right and it's like not so much like a card game anymore like yeah. you still like make your deck yeah <clears throat> of only like 10 spells i think yeah and then like yeah you run around like you're a planeswalker it's like legit like remember reading the book arena yeah oh, i loved that book yeah that was like my favorite i, know, I was looking i was looking for a package of like all the magic book like uh, online like yeah compilation of all i want to get that books. because there's a lot of good lore apparently right now <clears throat> yeah Oh, there's always been, I think. It, yeah. At least that's what it seems like to me. But the, just that arena book was spot on. Like, I read the ones after that, like a whole bunch. And I probably read like 10 or 15 of these magic stories. But that arena one just like captured it perfectly. Because, well, like the rest of them were probably more how they are now, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I haven't read any of the new ones. But the, I think they're more of like these characters, you know, like Garrick and whatnot. Like yeah. characters running around and yeah. doing stuff. Whereas arena is, the, is people. People running around casting spells and summoning grizzly bears and yeah and stuff like that so it's kind of more like <clears throat> it's kind of more like instead of living in the war in like the plains of magic it's more of like you're on earth but you're summoning things from the plains of magic or something you know? yeah 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 it's more of like all the players and planeswalkers running around type thing yeah um and uh, yeah it's just really interesting and me interesting used to play uh um, like some paper RPG kind of type stuff uh, regarding magic that was kind of fun. And then you had to like learn spells and it would, then it would have like a cooldown of like, you know, you'd have to learn it and then you could use it, but then it would be drained for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Plus, I don't know why, but still, like, even to this day, when I look at cards that are were in Battlegrounds, like, I can still hear the <laughs> voice, like... <laughs> Suntail Hawk. Yeah. Suntail Hawk. Engulfing Flames. Engulfing Flames. Yeah. <laughs> Scorching Missile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Mighty Jen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, especially those ones. Like, you'd sit there against your opponent, you know? Oh god! And he'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna start sending a bunch of stuff," and you just hear him gear back and like trying to burn your stuff down. Go on, flip, go on, flip, go on, flip. Yeah. Or if they were like white, they'd be like, "Send a hawk, send a hawk, send a hawk," and then they do the the not the guided strike one, the one that like boosted all their creatures. And you're like, "No, rock first strike! You just killed my." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they're sitting back in the corner, like popping their shield, like trying to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a perfect game that blended like skill and like action, action and. Strategy, strategy, uh, pre was good combos. <clears throat> yeah, there was like the the two color decks were really hard like early because you were so slow on your mana. Yeah, but once you got going, you were like, oh, yeah. such a powerhouse! Just like combining like red and white. Raging Goblin, Raging Goblin, yeah, Raging Goblin. So fun. <laughs> Carnage. Just trying to think of the stupid spell you'd cast on the Raging Goblin. Oh, the, like the blood rushy one. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. But then give it plus three attack. And yeah. Like no, you're gonna kill my big thing with your stupid one one. Yeah. Now four one. <laughs> oh, 
that's how I was with the Sunhawk. I'd be like, oh, okay, here comes my singer vampire. And they're like, they're like, Sunhill Hawk. Kind of shrek, kind of shrek, kind of shrek. And then it's like a 4 1 <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, great. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta build up my mana again. <laughs> oh, that's a classic game. Yeah, I know. Oh. You know what was another great game that was like the Pokemon TCG yeah. Game Boy game? The Game Boy. I know. I was thinking about that game the other day when I was playing Magic here because I was like, oh, it's kind of like that. I'm building up my deck, changing yeah. it up. Yeah, I should get an so emulator fun. of that. I think I have the cartridge. I don't. I used to, but I, so many of my games got stolen years ago. Like, I lost like probably like 30 games, like PlayStation 2 games, GameCube Ugh. games, Game Boy games. From where? It was stolen out of my house. No one ever did anything about it. I told my parents and they didn't care. Oh, your house, like when you're living with your parents? Yeah, with David and Karen. Or, yeah. Yeah, when I lived up there <clears throat> um, by the park, like when I lived up there in Mount Angel, like. Oh. There was someone from that house? Yeah. Dang, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But it was probably like $500 worth of games, or if That's not ridiculous. more, maybe even like $1,000 if you price them all at full price. Oh, yeah. It was shitty. No one did anything. No one did anything about it. Happened to it. Tim. His car when when he was in San Francisco, his car got broken into, and like all of his CDs and PlayStation games got stolen. It's like oh, that's a lot of stuff. Well, and my room was messy, and so a lot of people were like, "Well, maybe you just lost them in your room." It's like, no, they were stolen. Someone <laughs> I didn't just lose all of those. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a couple. But it sucks too because I had just spent a lot of money on a lot of games. Like I had bought, I had just bought like the brand new SmackDown game that had come out. And was like playing that and having a lot of fun, and that was stolen. Like I literally just bought that game. Dang, what the heck? <clears throat> yeah, it was before I had an Xbox. So someone like broke into your room and took it all. Yeah, they had to have. I have my suspicions, but you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't like substantiate them. I almost thought about just like private messaging the guy. I thought it was on Facebook and asking if he did. Because there was a guy with, like, some trouble with the law in my neighborhood at that time. Oh. And he uh, later joined the Marines and everything and, and got his life together. So it's like, I don't know. I also thought about sending out a, just a Facebook post being like, hey, statute of limitations is up. Like, who wants to confess to stealing my guitar man? Yeah. <laughs> just so I know what happened to it. And then going down there oh, and yeah. beating the living Christ out of him. That's right. I forgot about that, too. From Wasteland? Yeah. A guitar and my amp. What do you expect? A bunch of druggies. I know. Stoners. <clears throat> I mean, to be fair, most of them, prob- you know, 99% of them didn't steal my amp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was only one of them. That's because they were stoned and didn't care. <laughs> Someone left our door unlocked. Oh. That's the problem. I mean, I have my suspicions on that, too. Some guy acted really, really surprised when I showed up to a show with an amp. They're like, what? You found your amp? Uh, and in my brain, I was like, you did it. You did it. Or he knows who did it. At least. At the least, yeah. Yeah. Lame. I, uh, I have this memory uh, of being in third, no, wait. Fourth grade? I think I was in, was it first, second, third. Yeah, I was in fourth grade. And, uh, we were living in West Salem, and so I was, I was going to school up on that hill, and I was collecting Marvel cards. Like I was really heavy into Marvel cards. Yeah. Uh, and we lived in those apartments behind that Ross there. Yeah. Like a baby, and I'd have 
trouble like leaving my cards out because you were a terror. <laughs> <laughs> you would like throw metal cards at my head. Yeah, well, uh, you deserved it. <clears throat> no. Yeah. No. This was before I started terrorizing you with a mask and stuff. Anyway, uh, so I was, uh, I had like, what are they called? Like golden and foil cards and stuff, you know, like how in Marvel pack, like Marvel sets, they've got all their normal, like 200 cards. Yeah. And then there was like the premium ones, like the foils and like, uh, yeah, golden ones and stuff. Sure. So I had like a bunch of those and this guy wanted to trade with me and, uh, boy, I was so gullible. I, uh, I took my like rare binder, I guess, or rare, like stuff up there um, and we were trading during recess at school or something and man I got suckered into it it was like him and his friend both like lured me into these like like oh check out these like premium uh, like promotional whatever yeah. like special things like this one's worth like 40 bucks and this one's worth like 30 bucks <laughs> and all this stuff and I traded like all these cards, all these like foil promo, all my like foil golden cards and stuff for these. Oh man, such an idiot fourth grader. <laughs> they were just paper, dude. Yeah. Oh, were they? Just yeah, like printed? They were nothing. I've, they I've like had that a magazine or something. <clears throat> kids used to go when I when Pokemon was big. Kids used to go and they would like get these stickers, and they were perfectly sized like Pokemon card stickers, uh, and then they would yeah. place them over the front. Of Pokemon cards. Oh, that's pretty crazy. And they're like, look, I got, you know, Charizard and Blastoise and Venusaur. And, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and then they would, like, trade all these, like, fake cards to people for, like, real cards. Yeah. And it got so out of control, our school, like, because what, it, what was happening is, like, these kids were, like, you know, lying to other kids and taking their cards. And then when it, it came out that they were fake, like... They'd get their parents involved, and then the parents were, like, pissed off that, like, schools were even allowing, like, trading to happen at school. Yeah. And, like, all that kind of shit. And so they banned, uh, like, having any sort of trading cards at school. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go blind to anyone. But the same thing happened when, you get, when I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh, too. People tried to do that again. And then you always had to be careful because it's, like, because I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh in middle school, like, 6th and 7th grade. I played a lot. Uh, and, uh, and people would distract you. Like what they would do is like, cause there's these shithead kids that I went to school with and you had your deck and they're like, Oh cool. Can I look at your deck? And you're like, yeah, sure. You know? And so they paw through your deck and then like one of their friends distracts you and then they pocket a card. Yeah. Like I beat the shit out of a kid cause he stole like five cards from my deck. And I, cause as soon as he handed it back, I could tell. Like, that there was fewer cards there. And so I started pawing through, and it's, like, all my best cards in that deck. And I was like, give me my cards back. And he's like, fuck off, dude. I don't have anything. I was probably in sixth or seventh grade. And his friend was like, yeah, dude, he doesn't have anything. I was like, give me my shit back. And uh, <clears throat> and he was like, no, nah, man, I don't have your stuff. And he, like, tried to get on his bike. And so I tackled him off his bike. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his friend got all chicken shit and ran away. And... Uh, I checked his back pocket and he had like five or six of my cards back there. It's like, you little shitster. Good people. And the kid was older than me. He was like in eighth grade. So this is why we need prisons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and then you know what really pissed me off one time was when I was in whatever grade it was, you know, and and uh, a friend of mine had loaned me his Pokemon Yellow for like the weekend just to test it out and see how I liked it. Well, and then mom like went out of her way to assume that because I was borrowing it, like that she needed to buy me a Pokemon Yellow. So she went and bought me Pokemon Yellow. And I gave him back his, oh, well, he wasn't at school the next day and his sister told me to give it to her. Like, cause we walked to the school the same way. And she's like, yeah, my mom really needs a Game Boy back. Because he had told his mom or whatever that he had loaned me his Pokemon yeah. Yellow. And his mom, like, sent him over to my house. And my dad was all pissed off because, like, you know, I was at mom's house. Yeah. And this guy was, this kid was crying about it. <clears throat> oh, gosh. So then he wasn't even there on Monday. Like, his sister was there. So I give her the game. And then, uh, and then what had happened was they had told the school that I never gave the game back. And, uh... So they kept, they like threatened to expel me and all this stuff. And uh, the shitty part about it was that they pressured me because mom had bought me, just bought me Pokemon Yellow. Right. And so the school pressured me to give my, them mine, saying that it was theirs. Gosh. So I did. And then mom came to lunch like that same day to like visit me. And I was crying. And she went and just fucking reamed the school about it. Like, I could hear her shouting at the principal uh, and stuff in the office. <clears throat> and they all came out and they were like, Rhett, you could have just said that it was yours. And I was like, I did. This is crap. I did. And then mom yelled at him even more that they were, like, now backpedaling to a kid. <laughs> and uh, and then years later, like, my senior year in high school, that kid said, hey, you know, it's funny. We moved out of the apartment and I found my Pokemon Yellow. And I almost just punched him in the face. I almost, it just pissed me off. Like, and then this, I don't know. That still bothers me. I don't like that kid at all. But his sister was like, Mm -hmm. I think his sister was just like trying to play. I don't know. I don't know. It was just this weird game. And I was like, I gave it to your sister. And she's like, no, you didn't. She claimed you didn't. Yeah. Dumb bitch. Yeah. And I was in like third grade, second or third grade. And they called me to the office. Like I missed a whole day of school. And then they were like, don't lie to us, Rhett. And I was like, I'm not, this is my number one problem. I think that I have as like a, as a child was that in school, I learned from a very young age that you may as well lie because they're going to accuse you of lying and not believe you when you tell the truth. Yeah. So I pretty much like went through my entire school career, like never being honest with any teacher or school administrator. Right. You just tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. And that's kind of like hard thing because we're going through that with claire right like, yeah she lies about stuff yeah and it's like well, on one hand like we 99.9 percent know you're lying about yeah. this so it's hard when she tries to tell the truth about something and it's like well we're not quite sure maybe yeah but it definitely is and she's just like swearing up and down that she's telling the truth and it's like no you're not but sometimes she definitely is, but we can't believe her. Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting line, you know, because when I was in third grade, I got in huge trouble for just, like, lying to teachers flat out. Like, they'd be like, did you do your homework? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, I did it, but I lost it or something, you know, just, yeah. like, that sort of stuff. And then it was, like, I got involved with, like, like some sports stuff, like, after school stuff. And when I didn't want to go, I just, like, lied to the teacher that I wasn't feeling good or one time. I, this is one, one thing that pissed me off, though, too. 
was like one time, one time I didn't go to practice for something because I sprained my ankle. Uh, I sprained my ankle like really bad or like pulled a muscle or something. And I, and no one would help me get home. Like my friends like ran away. So I had to like crawl home and I couldn't walk on it. I was probably like eight or nine and I crawled home and my teacher drove past me. And then when I came in with like a thing on my ankle and everything the next day, and I had to go to the doctors for it and all this stuff, she didn't even believe that. And she was like, why didn't you go to this? And I was like, I sprained my ankle and I had to go home. And she was like, no, I saw you playing in the street. And I was like, you drove by for a split second, you dumb bitch. Like, don't pretend that, like, because you saw me laying on the ground in the street that I was playing. Like, I was crawling across the street near my house to get home. No one would help me. People, like, a police officer came and was like, what are you doing back here? I was like, I hurt myself and I'm trying to get home. I was like, can you give me a ride? And he's like, no. And he left. People, like, opened up their door because they saw me, like, crying on the street and, like, nobody did anything. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so that really pissed me off. Like, and it's just they, they <clears throat> reward you for lying and they punish you for telling the truth. So that's what I did. <laughs> it's terrible. I This kid one time, he uh, uh, I was joking around with a friend one time when I was a sophomore or freshman in high school or something. And I had told this kid as a joke because I was friends with him and he knew it was a joke. I said, dude, don't cut me in line or I'm going to kill you. Because that's like what we all did. Yeah. Another kid pretended that I had said it to him. I didn't say it to him. I had no knowledge of this kid's existence before this. Never talked to him. He went and told his mom that I threatened to kill him. And his mom went to school. Uh, and they tried sorry. Yeah. And they tried to expel me from high school. Yeah. And that was high another thing. I was like, I was like, I didn't do that. I didn't do what you guys were claiming. And they, I had... Taylor went in and, like, kind of testified on my behalf. Kurt went in and testified on my behalf. The band director. All my teachers, like, as, like, character references. And they still gave me 30 days in school suspension. 30 days? Yeah. Holy shit. In school suspension. Yeah. <clears throat> and I didn't even say it to that guy. Yeah. I didn't even say it to that guy. Eventually, I admitted that I was like, yeah, I said that to another kid. And he's fine with it. And they came in, they made me apologize to him. And he was like, no, it's okay. Like, I deserved it. And he, like, went along with it. And they were like, no, you need to be, you need to stand up for yourself if Rhett's being a bully. And he's like, I don't think you guys understand. We're friends. He was joking. Some kid took this somewhere else. And they still, they still gave me 30 days in school suspension. Yeah. Yeah. And then one time a teacher thought I called her a fat bitch. When... I had basically, I had just told her to shut up under my breath because she was like picking on me in front of the whole class. I was like, Jesus Christ, just shut up. That's what I said. And she's like, what the, she's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? And I was like, I said, shut up. And she grabbed me by the wrist and dragged me to the principal's office. and was like, tell the principal what you told me to say or what you said. And I was like, I told her to shut up. And the principal goes, or, and the teacher goes, you're going to stand here and lie to the principal. And I was like, I told you to shut up. I'm still telling you to shut up. And I was in sixth or seventh grade for this. I got in a lot of trouble in middle school. And uh, and she was like, don't you lie again or I'm going to make sure that you get expelled. And the, and the principal was like, tell me what she said. And I was like, I told her to shut up. And I was so confused, like what she wanted me to say. 
And she was like, sir, he told me, uh, he told, he called me a dumb bitch or something like that. I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and the principal was like, why would you do that? I'm like, I didn't say that. <laughs> it was ridiculous. My dad got involved and my dad's like, he's saying he didn't say it. And they're like, no, he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what's so frustrating about perception you pretty much have like zero ability like you have zero credibility up until you're like out of school yeah. 18 years old and you have zero credibility until yeah. the day you graduate high school and then it's like all of a sudden you're expected to like honor your word and like all these crazy <laughs> things like this is what being a grown-up's about being honest owning up to your mistake taking responsibility for yourself and not making excuses yet for the last 18 years, they pretty much just teach you to lie, steal, and cheat. <laughs> like, to get away with stuff. Oh, what a joke. Anyways, we're way past yeah. time, so... <laughs> prison systems in the U.S. <laughs> oh. Hashtag prisons. Yeah. Pris- oh. Too bad we can't have our intro so outro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for listening to Andy Brothers. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Red is Awesome. I'm Ted Jetplane. You can email us at uh, Awesome at Internet. Or wait, Awesome at AirPodcast.com. You can like us at Facebook.com slash AirPodcast. And you can call us at 657 88830. Wait, 888. It's on the website. 888-3830. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I'm Rhett. And I'm Jason. Until next week.